0: Welcome to Reframe the Podcast, helping you reframe your thought patterns, habits and mindsets to create the life that you want to lead. Holly Moscock describes herself as a 20-something Yorkshire lass. She is the writer, the blogger of One Girl and Her Cows, where she charts her life on the family farm Holly's life on the family farm is slightly different. She suffers from long-term health issues, including ME, also known as Chronic Fatigue Syndrome. However, despite having faulty health, Holly is determined to find her place within agriculture. She is a advocate and educator of disability, accessibility and inclusivity in the countryside. I was so moved by Holly's words of just sage wisdom. She is incredibly wise and has a beautiful perspective on life and the world. I will be forever grateful to Holly for some of the insights she delivered in our chat. She is a very wonderful soul. Have you here today? Um, I'm wondering whether or not you could start today by just telling our listeners a little bit more about who you are and what it is that you do.
1: Well, thank you for having me here. To start, it's all new to me. I'm Holly and well I don't really do anything it's more that my life is mainly managing my health but I live Mm. on a farm and part of living on the farm means that I get to do all the farm admin and watch cows and kind of I call myself a backseat farmer (laughs) like a backseat driver but without the um, I do the backseat farming but not the physical farming (laughs) yeah and still and I imagine in your farming life
0: very integral and important to the process of running the farm I mean that that backseat stuff
1: yeah we'd definitely be shut down if I didn't do the admin parts. So yeah exactly The exactly. integral part. and and I would say you do you do do stuff I mean you
0: write beautifully yeah, you I have a, a blog. wonderful blog uh, when did you start when did you start blogging
1: uh, I started it um I started it with just an Instagram account at first mm-hmm. and then after a year it was I thought all right I'm ready to actually take the plunge now I'd known from the beginning I was going to one day start a blog and a website and I thought I just kind of put myself in there gently and thought in 2019 that um, I was ready to actually launch it as a blog. What has that brought you? What's
0: writing and, and blogging
1: brought you? It's brought me a connection to people that mm. I don't I wouldn't have otherwise have I'm I'm housebound and I just well farm bound now um but so I don't really come into contact with many people and to to be able to connect with so many different people across different areas of the country Mm. and maybe change their mind a bit about things like there's so much misinformation isn't there and um out on the internet of like this is scary this is this and to be able to get messages from people saying, "Oh, I didn't know that. That's really interesting." Or, "Oh, I'm so glad someone looks at things like that." Or, yeah, it's just, it and to be able to share that world with people. Like, I'm so lucky to have this world outside my window that other people mm-hmm. don't have and don't like people in cities and stuff. Like, they won't ever see the seasons change across the fields like in that kind of way. Um, to share that gives people an insight into it and that's what like gets me through looking at outside world at the outside world so it's it was kind of like I got this kind of window outside and I see all these natural things happening and I want others to be able to see that too yeah and and
0: the work you do I would I would that's how I would kind of summarize it as being both inspiring and educating um, yes. And I love that phrase you just used, um, you know, I have this world outside my window. So you do have a very, uh, you know, farming life is a unique life, isn't it? Um, before we kind of move on there, you obviously alluded to the fact that you've you know, managing your health is something that is ongoing for yeah. you. Would you be comfortable to share a little bit
1: more with our listeners? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have ME, myalgic It's um, mm-hmm. also called chronic fatigue syndrome sometimes. Um, it, I've had it since I was just turning 16 and um, mm-hmm. I was it kind of just hit me after a virus and never left mm-hmm. um, it like completely turned my like active sporty typical like girl that spends the whole time living outside upside down to being virtually bedbound. and that was like the end of the world <laughs> Yeah. Um, for a long time but I've learned kind of how to accept that and manage and kind of manage my expectations of, of myself basically learn to stop learn to stop mm. beating myself up for it and mm. um, at first I had to really like teach myself that no doing the usual oh push through push through let- this this isn't happening you've got a plan <laughs> we've got a yeah. plan to do like um I had to learn how to stop and let it kind of wash over and yeah. learn how to build a life within it so that's why I do now like nine years on nearly I just live this life within it and learn kind of how to stay within I've been really lucky to be one of the ones who have been able to experience some improvements I'm no longer bed bound I mean some days are bad but no longer um, always in bed, found a kind of stability spot mm. where we're just kind of coasting along and spend a lot of time in the house and some trips outside.
0: Oh, well it's it's so lovely to hear you say those words um finding a life within it. I think yes. that's a really um I'm trying to think of the word I want to use the word inspiring again but I, I feel like that sounds a bit patronizing and I don't want to be patronizing. Um, but actually it's something that we can all apply isn't it when when difficult times come when difficult things yeah. challenge us whether that be practically emotionally physically you know going on that journey to understand how you can build a life within yeah, it within and you, it without yeah, fighting it but... without fighting it yeah exactly yeah. and so how do you feel your relationship you you said something really wise there you said you know i had to learn not to keep pushing through I had to let it wash over me and I suppose part of that you know what I'm hearing is that you learned to listen
1: to what your body was telling you would that be right definitely I think I think if I had listened a lot earlier I would have seen a lot more signs that this was that I was already like developing a condition and I just was not like I was just your typical teenager who doesn't listen <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and who has all these plans and <laughs> and typical like high achiever who has all these plans and like oh we're gonna do GCSEs and then go on to university after A-levels and it was just it was planned out and it was like this can't get in my way and mm. it was definitely a case of learning to listen to my body and I'm, I'm very much I know the signs now I know whatever it's telling me like it's definitely opened up a kind of a conversation of oh this I've done this I know this is going to happen now I can feel it coming right now I need to do this to compromise for that." that. That's excellent and I think so many of
0: us can learn from those words about listening to our bodies because we do we we push on through all the time we're kind of conditioned to do it um and even as women I think we're particularly conditioned to do that aren't we definitely Um, so tell us a little bit more about your life I mean you you're on the farm is this the farm you grew up on
1: is this was this yeah yeah so it's always been part of everything absolutely it's just it was just I was born here um, and lived here my whole life. Um, my uh, started off my grandparents rented it, and then my dad and uncle started farming with them as well. And then my dad and uncle bought the farm, and so we just stayed here then ever since. And through growing up, I've noticed I haven't got any siblings, but I had a lot of cousins, and we all grew up basically in the fields on ponies. <laughs> um, wow like from probably from a toddler I mean as a baby the best way to put a child to sleep was in the tractor with dad like yeah <laughs> the hum of the tractor um and he put me in the feeders and stuff of the cattle while I was while he was bedding up when I was a toddler so I could watch the cows. I mean, that was a bit scary and it did kind of put me off cows for a bit. <laughs> I can imagine as a little, tiny little, you know, toddler oh, in a tractor, they must have been, yeah, yeah
0: big, big faces. Me. He'd
1: yeah. put me in the round feeders where the hay is, where the cows are <laughs> reaching and, and he'd say, don't get eaten. <laughs> that's,
0: yeah. a, that's such a dad thing to do, isn't it? That's such a dad oh, yeah. thing to do. And I um, wonder why your child is a bit scared. Yeah, am yeah, not quite sure about the cows, dad. Um, yeah. But so what do you, around them. so yeah, it's in your blood, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. What do you love? What do you love about the farming life and, you know, the, the way of the countryside and agriculture?
1: I love everything really. I love the fact that everything is kind of going to its own rhythm and it doesn't change. It just sees seasons go by and no matter what's going on in the world, crops grow, calves get born, calves mm. grow, like there's just a different timetable. To everywhere else um and seeing new life and new growth all the time it's just it's magical watching watching a cow give birth or a sheep give birth and then watching that grow and just being a part of the entire cycle so it's supposed to be really and grounding so definitely like it's very calming to be able to just kind yeah. of have that window of watching watching things happen that nothing's like changing it it's just how Mm. it how it happens nature being around that kind of life where you are you're in control kind of like you can change bits but ultimately you're not in control mother nature Mm. is and it does give you a perspective and that definitely has helped me cope with becoming ill is that like we already had the perspective of watching life and death like things go Mm. wrong calves die and cows die and stuff and you kind of learn how to cope with the hard stuff as well as the good stuff like there's mother nature can be just as cruel as she's beautiful. You're so wise, Holly. (laughs) You're so wise and,
0: and, and you're so right. And there is, I mean, you know, we tend to kind of like um, put everything into self-help terms these days, but you know, there's a lot of talk about the power of something called awe and the power of awe is, You know when you go when you feel overwhelmed if you go and stand on top of a hill and look at an enormous view or that moment you stand at the sea or as you're describing just then you know when you are seeing the cycles of nature of life and death happen in front of you and there is something you know we we can't control we like to think we're in control but you know we don't nature will keep turning without us um that's that that's awe, isn't it and that's what helps us get that perspective so how important do you think our relationship with nature and the outdoor world is to our well-being and to our health? And do you think that's become even more so with the year we've had?
1: Definitely. I think people have realized that the outside world is some kind is an escape. And I know that people have like people like me realized it a long time ago that you can be connected to it even if you are in a house in the city and not near it you still nature is everywhere and I think people have realized this last year that there's a way of connecting to it even when you can't do the usual things that you're used to doing Mm -hmm. like you can just watching out the window it gives you a sense of calm doesn't it just watching the trees change or like there's a way of connecting to it that isn't out like a national park or something that maybe you couldn't get to when you have to stay home
0: Yeah, so true. I mean, even in the five minutes before we started this call, it got really gloomy outside and it was pouring with rain. And I think that's one of my favorite sounds or my favorite kind of feelings is when you're constated inside. But there's the sound of the rain and the wind and just, as you say, just taking those moments to to listen and to be aware of it.
1: Yeah, it definitely. It takes you out of your reality for a
0: minute, doesn't it? I think that's important for all of us, especially when we're, you know, having a hard year for for many people. Those yeah. moments of just being able to reconnect with. And we, and we know, we know from loads and loads of different studies that actually just listening to the sounds of nature or just as you say watching the trees move the fractals the patterns that they make that when they're blowing in the wind stimulate part of our brain that automatically reduces our stress response so you, yeah. know, as you say we don't have to be a you know in the middle of a national trust property we can literally just watch the wind in the tree yeah. outside the window yeah really yeah. really powerful isn't it on your blog um holly you talk about the importance of breaking down stereotypes and you you mentioned that at at the beginning of our chat yeah um would you mind sharing a little bit more about how you want to use and how you do use your platform to do that
1: um I hope that by showing like just my regular life that it breaks down some stereotypes just naturally Mm. I try and not try to like shove things in people's faces but at the same time I mean growing up I grew up and went to school in a like very urban school I there wasn't any other like farm children there and the stereotype is alive and strong of everyone involved in agriculture is an old man and it was all that you don't have to have a brain or something like you're not using your brain or you're wasting your brain kind of thing and I think it puts a lot of people off even looking at what they could do within food and farming kind of thing when there's so many parts of it and I think showing that we're also female <laughs> and there's loads of parts that it. it's not necessarily always manual. Like I can, I'm a part of it doing the admin work and the more like gentle yeah. things, sitting next to a cattle cuss, sticking needles in them. <laughs> it's my kind of thing that I can do physically, maybe isn't necessarily what a big strong person could do, mm. but there's so many different roles and like technology roles and yeah. that kind of stere- the stereotype is just a person sat on a tractor, usually male, usually older. I think that's one stereotype that I try and show just by showing kind of my life and also sharing other people like other people who are working within the industry who don't fit the stereotype who maybe didn't even grow up near it. Like there's so many people who are in it who grew up in a city or never set foot on a farm and I think they're doing a really good job of showing that face of agriculture is changing isn't it also part of the stereotypes is like showing that at the same time as showing my life within agriculture it also shows my life using mobility aid and being disabled and showing that that isn't also also isn't just usual like you don't see young people using mobility aid hmm. and being confident and proud of that and that is the big stereotype is like that it's a weakness or that it's some kind of giving up or instead of giving life like they they give life and the stereotype is it's giving up or that only older people use them or that yeah. older people use them when they don't want to use them and there's there's a different side of being disabled than just an older person and I think we're often forgotten about that that's that there is another side and it's not um the usual shame or anything of, of the oh that poor girl has to use a wheelchair it's wow she's using a wheelchair and, and that wheelchair is giving her that extra life such an important
0: distinction such an important reframe isn't it yeah. to see as you say mobility aids no th- these allowing me to access life yeah. and and do the things i want to do um as you say rather than them being yeah. a, a a label for uh, a, what could be perceived as the negative side of disability yeah and yeah. you do great great work in this area and you're a real advocate for inclusivity and accessibility in the countryside you know what changes are happening that you think may be helping make that happen or what still needs to change in your opinion i think
1: I think like obviously accessibility can only go as far as you can't change the terrain. (laughs) Like you can't change mud. (laughs) (laughs) But to open it up to more people, there are some great like grassroots things. There's things like the starting things where it's called farmer time and they connect farmers up with schools, usually city schools, that to show children agriculture so they can start learning about it from a young age. And Accessibility-wise, there is a lot of ways to go. There's a lot yeah. of grassroots things to make it more... They're doing big steps to making it more diverse, but it seems to be leaving behind the accessibility that disabled people would need to get in. I mean, obviously, we can't take away the bud, like I say, but mm. there are things that... Attitudes could change slightly of... Yeah maybe just even making things more accessible in the in events they say what the access is like there's a lot of things that could change we're starting we're trying something here where we use a radar key I don't know if you've heard of them they are on disabled toilets yes yeah yeah well they do a padlock as well that's meant to be for bridal ways so wheelchairs and mobility scooters can get through the gates that normally have a style and it's like a padlock so we've put it on one of the gates that are on the footpath here and I'm not sure if it's just me and my mum that use it but (laughs) but it makes us be able to use it so hopefully other people who also use wheelchairs or mobility scooters might be able to use it too in order to get down that track Mm. and hopefully we're going to see how it works make sure that obviously the concern would be people who are going down that shouldn't be in vehicles might learn to to use a key to buy a key but i hope that we can kind of see how it goes and then maybe approach some other people in the area of this could go on your gates that have foot passed through and could make them more open that's
0: yeah that sounds fantastic and as you
1: say the more people see
0: it working this works yes yeah the more confident they're going to be to, you know, give it a go. And you said something there that I think is really pertinent and very true. Because when we talk, think about accessibility, we often do think about, you know, things like terrain and, you know, how to get mobility aids through spaces and making sure that somewhere is, for example, wheelchair access friendly. But you said for attitudes to change. And I thought, yes, no, that, that is, that is part of Accessibility is people's mindsets changing and being willing to give things like the radar key a go.
1: Yeah, definitely. And like there's so much more to accessibility than just wheelchairs, isn't there? There's yeah. There's people who are visually impaired and being able to or hearing impaired and deaf. Like there's a lot of disabilities that could quite easily work within agriculture and farming, Mm -hmm. especially the technical side and stuff and they won't get a fair chance at the moment no like,
0: and, and in, invisible disabilities
1: such yeah, as autism exactly.
0: for example
1: people with any any kind of disability like they, if they have a passion working agriculture and they are able to work they are well enough to work or then there should be something that encourages them of yes this there is a pathway here for you like there are so many different jobs across the sector and People won't ever be inspired to work in them if they don't see themselves in them.
0: Representation, as you yeah. say, is key, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, well, I'm so glad that, you know, there are people like yourself, Holly, advocating yeah. and making this, making this happen. As you say, making those connections. And I think you're really, um, it's a really good example of where social media is positive and it works, isn't it? Because it can yeah. get a really bad rap, social media you know Instagram and 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 so forth but you know you alluded at the beginning of our chat actually it's allowed you to make valuable connections and help people see things from a different point of view
1: yeah definitely it can get a very bad rap and the comparison part on it is is hard to ignore Mm. um but it can also be really good and it can also be the only way some people can connect to each other
0: yeah it's what you make it yeah very true it's what you make it and who you choose who you choose to you know in the same way we talk about how we nourish our you know nourish our bodies we can apply that same thinking to everything we consume including social media can't we you know and how we consume it and talking about comparison that brings me on to you've written some really beautiful poetry on your website I read some of your poems they're really really lovely
1: what does poetry bring you the way of putting thoughts down onto paper and it just mm. gets them out of your head doesn't it And it kind of I don't know where it comes from to be honest it's not something I can do on demand <laughs> I've tried <laughs> it just kind of happens and it's mm. nice to be able to get it out and some I share some I don't but it's nice sometimes to get it out and then write it and think this could actually help someone else who might have felt the same yeah and most definitely, definitely well, yeah and think well I'll share it then if it could help someone else. Yeah, I, I think
0: it's it's it is beautiful, and I would urge any of our listeners to go and take a look at some of your writing and your and your poetry. And I do think that's the best. Quite often, in my experience, the best pieces of writing come when they almost are beyond the words are almost beyond your thought process. They kind of just spill out onto the paper, don't they? And they're, yeah. there there's like an urge to get this out and down onto the written
1: word. Yeah, I definitely see that with your writing as well. Yours, it it's straight from inside you.
0: Oh, thank you, Holly. Yeah, and I have to be honest, I I work on the same. I can't do it on demand. There are times where it just I'll plan a plan a post and I can't. Nope. And other days, yeah. I just have to get these words out and I I push it out there. And I I don't know about you, but I sometimes feel very vulnerable doing it.
1: Oh yeah, very definitely you kind of think post like run don't look (laughs) that's exactly (laughs) what I do post and I always have a good couple of
0: hours where I think oh should I delete shall I delete shall I delete and then I but I don't and for the same reason is that you hope that by sharing that experience somebody else knows that they're not they're not alone in that and yeah yeah how would you encourage other people to overcome their limiting beliefs they may have about, you know, going back to that wonderful phrase right at the beginning about creating a life within it. You know, that's, that's so important. I think that's so true. I mean, how would, how would you encourage people to think
1: about what they, they can do and they can achieve? The hardest part is encouraging them to stop comparing to other people of Mm. like, well, well, I should be there or I should do that or well, so-and-so did this and then are am doing this. I think it's about listening to you and knowing that what you think is best for your body and for you to do, what yeah. you think you can do right, right at that moment is enough. Mm. And like, instead of constantly putting pressure of, well, I should be doing this.
0: They yeah, you are know, really damaging. The shoulds, the musts, the ought tos.
1: Definitely they're just, they're not not needed, have they?
0: (laughs) No, no, we don't need shoulds and musts and ought tos. We need more wants, more wants in the world and and, and recognising that you have a right to this. And yeah, and I think you're so right. I think we've got so used to um, validating ourselves by what's happening outside of ourselves and that comparison but actually if we just go back and we'll always go back to those core values and beliefs and what feels right for my body at this time then you're only ever going to feel aligned aren't you I, I kind of describe it sometimes when I've talked about this before is when we go and make choices that don't feel right for us emotionally or physically I feel really um discombobulated inside I feel kind of like out of place it all feels I'm uncomfortable in you know I'm uncomfortable doing that thing but actually yeah. when you make a choice that's coming from a place where it's you know your inner self talking yeah um you know it's much easier
1: to make good things happen I think definitely and to, to like just listen to yourself it mm. also helps you stop fighting what what is happening that you can't control like to learn to live within the situation you've been put in Mm. that you kind of people on the outside looking in looking and think oh I couldn't do that but you can do a lot more than you think you can once you don't have a choice and yeah if you put if you ended up in that position you would learn over time how to build a life within it like it's not this Really hard, like, thing that's so far out of reach. Once you're there, like, anybody could find themselves in any challenge, they could lose their job. And before that, they'd have probably thought, Oh, I don't know what I'd do, I wouldn't cope. And then they learn how to build a life within what's just happened. Yeah, and it's building resilience, isn't it? Yeah. And as you were
0: talking, then I was thinking about the quote that Pam has on her. on her website which I just think sums it up really which is um it's very pertinent because it's front of mind this week but she says you can't stop the waves but you can learn to surf and I think that's so true yeah absolutely
1: you can't people like to say I mean people have said to me before oh well to like get to where you are now did you just did you just tell yourself to get better or to start improving I was like no it's Life doesn't work like that. Please yeah. don't work like that. Yeah. 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 Excuse me, would you mind just
0: not? Yeah. <laughs> <I> just don't. <laughs> no.
1: um, you know, it, but it doesn't work. You can't just kind of think your way out of things, but you can just learn that where we are right now, that's okay. You yeah. know, we can be happy here and yeah. if improvement comes along, that's great. If it doesn't, we've found peace here and we've made what we can with what we've got we can be happy here
0: oh i've got so many beautiful sound bites from you today holly we can be happy here beautiful sound bites um and i guess part of that in amongst all of that is self care isn't it and i'm not talking about bubble baths and spa breaks i'm you know i'm talking about the kind of important stuff that goes back to what you were saying about yeah. listening to what you need and what your body needs you know how do you build that into your life i mean how do you take care of your own you know mental and emotional well-being
1: badly <laughs> a lot <of> the time. <laughs> I'm very much a perfectionist and it's something that I know a lot of people probably relate to of wanting mm. to like get ticked off and often forgetting that they have to tick their own stuff off too yeah you know doing stuff for other people and wanting everything to be perfect what you do do and I do, I have to consciously make time. I think my self-care is making time to say, stop. Yeah. You don't need to do that all today. Stop, rest, mm. pause, look through some pictures that you like, or put a cosy blanket on and actually warm up. Yes, yeah, no, and we do, we, we forget about simple
0: things like that, you know, being physically comfortable and, and warm and wearing clothes that are soft and... You know all those really small things that actually over a day impact on how we feel don't they
1: yeah I mean for a long time like my life was self-care like I like I couldn't do things I had to constantly focus on well I need to stick within this energy limit and like turning over or going to the bathroom or something they were things that well do that now I need to give my body like rest and proper rest and then as slightly more functioning creeps in you put add more to the to-do list and that kind of goes by the wayside of well it needs to come with there needs to be another side needs to be compromised you have done that you need to give yourself something as well
0: yeah right. and it's those small and it is about building things up small you know really small steps isn't it and I can imagine for you that was imperative you know really important to not ever push too hard because I'm I'm you know correct me if I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure if you ever did your body just let you know quite quickly
1: it lets me it lets me know all the time (laughs) yeah yeah time (laughs) to stop (laughs) yeah time to stop or you won't speak anymore (laughs) like yeah um, it it definitely and I think people people who are well and healthy you know they don't listen to those warning signs there is a point where everyone comes to where their body should they stop and that self-care listening to that listening yeah. to that stop
0: yeah and not listening when it's screaming yeah listening when it's whispering when it begins with you're a little bit tired you know you don't have to do that today as opposed to the time when you know we're at burnout isn't it
1: yeah definitely and doing something that's just nice for you that doesn't take another box off that's yeah. something that I try and like not very well but try and try and add in a don't it's the thing that doesn't tick a box that you just do because it makes you feel good yeah definitely
0: so holly if you were on a mountain so i always ask the question if you were on a mountain and you had the whole world below you what would you say my brother likes to ask the question if you had a billboard at the side of the m25 so take your pick the billboard or the mountain but um you know what would you like to share with people that
1: is such a hard question. I know, it's a mega one, isn't it? Everyone goes, oh,
0: oh, that's a hard one. Someone once asked me it and I went, oh, that's a good one. We'll have that
1: one. <laughs> that is such a hard one. I think I tell them that practice acceptance of whatever situation you're in. It doesn't mean acceptance is in like, this is great. It's accepting that this is hard or that just accepting whatever reality is. And it's, it stops you longing for something that it isn't and accepting what's in that moment, that recognizing everything instead of ignoring them. For a long time, I thought that the only way to acceptance was to pretend everything's rosy and you know look for all the rainbows and avoid getting wet. But <laughs> yeah. it's actually looking at everything that's happening, all the hard yeah. things, all the things that make you scream and knowing and accepting that they're there Mm -hmm. and there's also happiness there and they all coexist and mix together if you don't accept where you are you're constantly fighting what you're in and you can't really change the situation in that moment Mm -hmm. you can work towards it if you're in a job you don't like or something but to accept you're actually in it right right at that moment it's some kind of peace isn't it
0: I'm a, I'm a little bit blown away by your answer to be honest Holly I think it's one of the wisest and I feel a bit emotional listening to it because I think we live in a world that's very toxically positive you know the self-help world isn't it and it's all about positive mental mindset and so forth but in equal measure that is where happiness lies is when you can what was it you just said um accepting when it's hard as well yeah and being with it that's yes. that's yeah really really wise it really is it's
1: taken a lot of um, years to learn <laughs> no
0: but it is incredibly wise um so oh, just got myself sorry i am an emotional creature finally holly where could people find your blog where can they um see what you're up to on the farm where can they, they find can, more about you
1: they can find my blog um at one girl and her cows. Mm-hmm. Co. uk and that basically is the behind the scenes of everything like yeah everything farming me everything basically and then attached to that is the instagram account to it but also one girl and her cows that's kind of the more behind the scenes <laughs> <It's> <laughs> everyday, <case>. life. <laughs> yeah.
0: everyday, everyday life yeah everyday life and I think it, nice. and it is, it's is—it's fascinating to see what goes on on the farm. Do we see the calf yeah. being born
1: today? Is there? Not today. She, Not didn't, so. she decided to have it where the carving camera didn't quite reach. Ah. So I could see it from my bed <laughs> with <some two laughs> binoculars at the, car, at the TV in my room. I was laid in bed watching, thinking, why have you had it at that end? At that angle. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yeah. you know I'm on Instagram? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, we can see the car bouncing around.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. That's such a beautiful sight. But, but do you know what? That is a case in point about nature and about yeah. what you said at the beginning, about it's, we can think we have control, but it's always just going to do its thing. Oh, yeah. With or without yeah. us. Um, Holly, thank you so much for joining us today. You have had so many words of sage advice and wisdom. You thank really you have. Having and me. I, um, I can't wait to share this with our listeners. I really can't thank you thank you for having me (laughs)
1: you're
0: so welcome thank you for tuning in and we hope you're able to take something of value away from today's episode perhaps one small action you can put into practice today if you are enjoying reframe then please do subscribe and rate the podcast as this helps us reach more lovely listeners as always here at reframe club we are rooting for you